2: Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Welcome into Point Spread Saturday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, where today we have a full slate of Major League Baseball games, game two of the Stanley Cup Finals and. The U.S. Open rolling on. Welcome in, everybody, and good morning. I'm Mark Zeno. Appreciate you joining us here on Point Spread, Sunday, uh, Point Spread Saturday. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's tomorrow, folks. But I certainly appreciate you guys joining me here on this Saturday morning with you to 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, and a jam-packed show for you guys. And away we go. But before we get to everything of the day, I do want to kind of hit the rewind button and just kind of recap the NBA Finals. As we've been with you here on Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday for the last several weeks throughout the NBA play, And now that it is over and the Golden State Warriors are crowned champions, you know, you kind of everyone loves to do this, hit the rewind button and look to what sort of favorite the Warriors were installed at at the beginning of the year. And I think they were eight to one or nine to one, somewhere in that range. Uh, Not one of the teams that everybody had thought would really be there at the end of it. I know there was a lot of obviously uh, public money towards Milwaukee and certainly towards Phoenix and maybe some of the other bigger teams, the Nets and the Lakers obviously did not even, you know, play into this whole equation here, but still, you know, the Warriors sort of gave up this vibe after they had won the whole thing. Like they had been disrespected all season long. And I guess I'm in the minority because I never thought that I never felt that way. I mean, it's still Steph Curry. It's still Clay Thompson. These are two of the best shooters to ever put on basketball sneakers. and, They still have one of the best head coaches in the game, and from that standpoint, I never really counted them out. Did I think that they were loaded with depth and talent beyond that? No, I didn't, Um, but nobody really should have been surprised that Golden State was able to do this, and the idea that there were so many people along the way saying that the Warriors were cooked, and that they they couldn't do this, and that they didn't have the talent and everything else, and, you know, uh, just seemed just... A little bit silly. And maybe that's me Monday morning quarterbacking this thing and you saying hindsight's 2020 20 and looking at it that way. But I just never really discounted Golden State as a viable option here. And some of that also may have been that Steph didn't play the last month of the season because of an injury. Uh, and so we kind of forgot how good Golden State could be. Remember, again, it was all about Memphis and the surging Grizzlies and the youthfulness and John ja Morant, you know, and the Suns running away with the West. And then, of course, in the East, it was you know, Miami. And you, know, you had a stacked, you know, Eastern Conference with Boston and and Milwaukee and Philadelphia of trading for James Harden. And, of course, you had the Nets trying to scrap and claw their way into this thing after the vaccine mandate was lifted. Had, I mean, you had so many other storylines other than, the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the game still playing. I mean, that you know, I guess that's disrespect, but some of that is we become so accustomed to watching Steph play at a high level that we only notice when he doesn't play at a high level. And that's sort of the narrative that comes out there. And, oh, by the way, I saw this stat, and this was incredibly interesting during this postseason. The, every game in this NBA Finals, the spread did not matter. There was not a situation where – The favorite had won but did not cover, right? So every winner covered the spread outright, uh, whether it was a dog or the favorite. And every game in this series was decided by double figures. I saw the stat that 26 of the last 27 NBA playoff games this year, the spread did not factor into it uh, at all. And I think the only time it did was Golden State versus Memphis when they played. I think it was a three-point spread and they won by two. That's the one game I can recall off the top of my head where it really comes in because I had Golden State minus two and a half, and I think they only won by two. But regardless, I mean, that is pretty incredible when you think about it and maybe something to put in your back pocket headed towards next year's NBA postseason that really lean on the winner. Don't look for a situation, well, I think they win, but they probably won't cover. Uh, and, and it also tells you that money line bets this postseason – were a lot more profitable necessarily than, uh, than than using the spread, which also is something that's a little bit, you know, quirky about it. So interesting to see. Again, I thought it was a, a, a lackluster postseason, to be honest with you. There were a lot, not a lot of exciting games. They were pretty one-sided for the most part. You had a couple of exciting series, I suppose, in the whole, but, you know, again, not really uh, very much uh, excitement to get to. All right, uh, here in a minute, I'm going to give you a stat of why You don't want to bet on Scotty Scheffler today. Uh, We'll get to that coming up. We do have Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight between the Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, And I I think you're looking at contrasting styles here. At least Game 1 tells us that a ton. Uh, The Colorado Avalanche peppered Andre Vasilevsky, the Lightning goaltender, for the better part of 60 minutes. Uh, He had to stop near 40 shots, and uh, and, and it was not a a fun game. Evening for the Tampa Bay Lightning from that standpoint, they gave up three goals early. We're down three nothing, but I think it says so much about this lightning team that they were able to get back into it. They were able to uh, force overtime and granted it only lasted 87 seconds, but nonetheless, uh, this is one of those scenarios that Tampa Bay's veteran experience and the ability to go through the rigors here, I think play in their favor. There's no need to get freaked out. If you back Tampa Bay to win this series, that they lost game one in the last 11 playoff series that the lightning have been in. Meaning since they started this cup run two seasons ago, they've lost five game ones <laughs> and they've lost two game ones in this particular postseason by a combined score of 11 to two. So let's not fret about the Tampa Bay lightning losing game one. I think it, it's a good signal that they were able to fight their way back in this thing and get back in this series. And I would even tell you, that if you're a lightning backer and you backed them on the series price already at plus 170 or wherever you got it, I think they're over plus 200. now. I think they're at plus 230 to the last I checked. It wouldn't be a bad time to double down, honestly. I don't think it's a terrible play whatsoever to back them again. Um, and they, they need to steal game two. There is something interesting here about where the money is. And if you go to vcin.com and look at the splits, you have sixty over 65% of the money that is coming in on the puck line, I'm sorry, 65% of the bets that is coming in on the puck line for Tampa Bay, taking Tampa Bay plus the one and a half, but yet over 60% of the money on the puck line is on the avalanche. So you have that split scenario there where the money doesn't match uh, where all the bets are, and that is always something to watch out for, which gives me pause (laughs) to back the lightning uh, in this spot because – Uh, if you follow the money and where it goes, well, you know, that tells you what you need to know. All right, quickly, let's get to the U.S. Open here. Uh, And I'd love to spend some time discussing the whole live golf thing. And my producer, Dan Miller, does a fantastic job. And and the first thing he writes (laughs) on our notes, none of the live competitors are in the top 20. I I don't understand why people are correlating because they chose to go play on a different tour. Like all of a sudden, you know, they, they are supposed to finish in the top 10 in every event. Like, where? I don't get that correlation. People are, I mean, the headline, Phil Mickelson misses cut. Like, Phil Mickelson's missed a dozen cuts in the last three or four years. Like, why is any, anybody surprised by this? She should be on the senior tour at this point, for crying out loud. He's 55 years old. Like, why is it surprising that Phil Mickelson misses a cut? When, when, when has it been a great bet that Phil Mickelson is going to make every single cut? Like, I don't. I'm not sure what the correlation has been here with the live tour, but people seem to sort of be enjoying twiddling their mustaches going. <laughs> Monty burns it going. Excellent. That none of the live golfers are at the top of this thing. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why. Uh, if there was no live golf, you would just be like, Oh, Phil Mickelson missed a Cut. Oh, Dustin Johnson's like nine strokes off the pace. Like, BFD, as the kids say. (laughs) What's the deal? Okay. Uh, You got Joel Dahlman and uh, and Colin Morikawa tied at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, You have a handful of guys one stroke off uh, at four under. This is an interesting trend stat. If you're into trends, uh, here's exactly where you put your money. You don't want to be in seventh place. 25 of the last 26 U.S. Open winners have been tied for sixth or better after two rounds. I'll say that again because it's incredibly impressive. 25 of the last 26 U.S. Open winners have been tied for sixth or better after two rounds. So that means, okay, the guys tied for sixth or better, and there are seven of them, Joel Dahman, Colin Morikawa at five under, Bo Hostler Roy McElroy, Aaron Wise, Hayden Buckley, John Rahm, all at four under. Where is Scotty Scheffler? Tied for eighth at three under. So look at his odds to win the thing. Scotty Scheffler, uh, and that doesn't mean he can't be top five, but at plus 750, seems like great value. Number one golfer in the world. You know, a guy that's got everything going for him right now. If that trend holds true, he's going to have to buck a very serious trend of the last quarter century uh, to go out and win this thing. So let's focus on the guys in the top six right now. Uh, and look at the probability that they can do this. John Rahm at 5-1 to one is not a pad bet. Um, and, and it's one of those things for all you, like, you know, uh, antenna up live golfer folks, his comments coming into the week about live golf, uh, you may want to be pulling for him. I mean, you really want to see Rory do this thing, right? Um, and, and he's at plus 450. Uh, you know, th- there, there may be a way that you can – you know, figure out uh, which guy you like a little bit more uh, going into this thing. But uh, Morikawa is also plus 450 looking for his third major. There's some good value on these guys right now. And now is the time to get in because after moving day here on Saturday, these odds are going to change pretty drastically. And the idea is to figure out who, who you like right now and go get him. Look, if you'd like to take a flyer on Aaron Wise at plus 1600, go for it. Like, uh, There's no re- – any of those guys in the top six, given that trend, I don't think are bad bets. I really don't. You know, you look at Hayden Buckley; he's plus five thousand. So you're looking at a guy that's fifty to one right now, uh, and it wouldn't be bad to have that t- for a flyer. You know, uh, put it in your back pocket and hold on to it. Take take a guy you really think can win it, or a previous major winner like Morikawa, McIlroy, um, or, or somebody like that, and and then combine it with a ticket for Hayden Buckley, and hopefully you're cashing a ticket come Sunday at around six o'clock Eastern. All right, we've got tons to do here on Point Spread Saturday. Coming up next, full run of Major League Baseball picks from me. Uh, Big slate in the bigs today. We have that to get to and uh, a whole lot more. We'll even talk some NFL today. Stay with us. Plenty to do on Point Spread Saturday here on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Put some cash in your pockets with the Wrangler Hoops Draft Challenge. Make your picks on where the future stars will land at DraftKings.com/Wrangler and compete for your share of ten thousand dollars in prizes. Wrangler, the ride for life. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back into Point Spread Saturday here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zino M-A-R-K. Z-I-N-N-O. Love hearing from you guys and interacting with everybody. So appreciate you guys spending your Saturday morning with us here uh, on Point Spread Saturday. Um, we are going to talk to a whole bunch of guests today. Jason Logan uh, from Covers is going to join us. We'll talk some NFL. There is, uh, you know, this whole Deshaun Watson thing continues to, to play with uh, the odds for Cleveland. And, uh, you know, the more that this uh, we get through this dead period now is that all these teams are done with their mini camps. You know, you will have some clarity on his suspension by the time training camp rolls around. So if you're looking at Cleveland Browns futures and odds and things of that nature, well, um, get ready for a wild ride because it's coming. So we'll do that coming up here in a little more uh, than 15 minutes. All right, Let's get to the Major League Baseball slate today uh, as we have a full rundown of games and. I was on the right side yesterday, and you can check my Twitter account. I was on the right side yesterday of the Braves' streak being broken by the Cubs. Had the Cubs plus one and a half, uh, and I was dying to find the right time to to lay into the streak, and it felt great going after an off day and then a day game after an off day on the road against a team that had lost that many in a row. It just seemed to be one of those spots where baseball regression takes over. I'm going to look at this game again today because I'm really curious to see how both of these teams react, especially the Braves after winning 14 in a row. Uh, And one of the plays I'm looking at, and and I haven't really done a full on handicap yet, but just follow me here on the logic. Uh, You get a total at seven and a half. Yesterday's total was at eight and a half and it was a one nothing game. It feels kind of odd um, that the, the total comes down a full run. But then again, when you look at the starting pitchers for today, you're getting a better pitching matchup than you had yesterday. Charlie Morton, who started for the Braves, um, has been all over the place this year. And he had an ERA in the mid-fives. So uh, they're going to the under. And, oh, by the way, uh, it is juiced to the under. And so some of that tells me that there is a you know feeling that this game will stay under again. And that's kind of where I'm leaning. Kyle Wright, the starter for the Braves here, uh, is has been very, very good this year. and you're looking at a situation where um, if he it has a good start, he'll do his part to keep this thing under. And for the uh, for the for the Cubs, it's Jordan Steele, who has actually been decent this year. He hasn't been bad at all. Um so this is the play that I'm looking at, and I, again, I haven't fired on it just yet, but I, I know it's the first game on the schedule at two o'clock Eastern we got to do a little bit more research here, but I'm just curious to see how both of these teams react. What I am looking at already um, – I'm sorry, Justin Steele, not Jordan Steele. What I am looking at already in this game is the under-half-run first-inning prop here, minus 118 now. This is a number that feels like it should be juiced a lot heavier to the over, and it's not. It's actually juiced to the under, and that's very, very telling given the fact that the Cubs are the number one team in Major League Baseball in first inning run scored percentage at over 45%. Again, Justin Steele has started here, and the starters really are are telling me where the money is and why they're picking the under, but Justin Steele hes not given up a first inning run in seven consecutive starts. Kyle Wright on the year, 2.5 ERA, a 1.03 whip. We know he's been very good. He's only given up a first inning run two times this season. That's through 12 starts. Uh, he's already beaten the Cubs once this year. And the fact that the Braves are 24th in Major League Baseball in first inning run scored percentage, you're banking on Kyle Wright to do his job and keep the Cubs off the board And we know the Braves aren't a team that scores a lot in the first inning. And Justin Steele, again, hasn't given up a first inning run in seven consecutive starts. So we're going to follow the money here uh, and take a no run in the first inning between the Cubs and the Braves. Uh, You guys know my feelings on K-Props if you've been watching me on Point Spread Saturday for a while. I'm very, very skittish on him. But Kyle Bradish of the Baltimore Orioles is a guy that I've been backing his last couple of starts. And he's gotten me to the window. And uh, I feel pretty good about it again. I'm seeing different numbers for him, so shop around for price and for the number. But it's the Orioles at home against the Rays this year. Kyle Bradish, or this year today rather, Kyle Bradish this year uh, has gone over this four and a half total uh, in five of his last eight starts. Uh, they're actually three and a half out there, but they're juiced like near minus one seventy. DraftKings I think has it at three and a half. It's just. Way too much juice to pay. Tampa Bay strikes out uh, the sixth most times per game on the road this year at over nine point one strikeouts per game on the road. The Orioles have been a very kind of perplexing team this year from the standpoint of they've been great on the run line, but sometimes, most of the times, when they lose, they get blown out like this. This could be over early if Bradish gets to the fifth. We should get home on this if he can keep himself in this game and not get smacked around within the first or second inning, there's a really good chance this gets home. Like, I feel confident on it. But the real part of this handicap is Braddish getting into the fifth. If he gets there, I think we get five strikeouts from him. So, uh, small play on this. Uh, The juice isn't bad at all. I think it's minus 120. Let me just double-check it again here real quick. But I think it's – last I saw it was minus 120. uh, And this is a spot for Braddish at home where he's been – better Bradish has got a walk problem too that's the issue and that's why he gets himself in trouble and he uh, he's out games early because he's throwing a ton of pitches uh, and he walks guys a lot so um yeah I mean it's at one minus 140 at four and a half so it's high but not terrible comparatively speaking to some of the other ones we've seen out there uh, another no run first inning uh, or half a run under in the first inning Cleveland and Los Angeles this is minus 113 to the under. You get Cal Quantrill going up against Jose Urias. Now Quantrill has been scored on three times in the first inning in 11 starts this year. And it actually, two of those three have come in, in back-to-back starts. So I'm hoping for a little baseball regression here, as we like to call it, where he's not going to do it for three consecutive starts. Is he? Maybe. Who knows? But um, this is a Dodgers team that's near the top of the league in first-inning run-scored percentage. So it's going to be very, very tough for the uh, for the, for the guardians to get out of this thing here. I mean, the Dodgers, again, 36% of the time they score a run. Um, and and it, this is another game that also it's weird because it's not juice to the over, it's juice to the under. And I'm just sort of going along the lines of following the money here uh, and, and letting the bookmakers tell me where they think the liability is. And as long as I'm not asked to pay an exorbitant price and at minus 113, It's not exorbitant, and again, it's only slightly juiced to the under because it's minus 110 to the over. But that said, Cleveland is 19th overall uh, in first inning opponents scored percentage, but sixth on the road this year, allowing their opponents to score just 23% of the time. Where are they? They're on the road in Los Angeles. So maybe I get Cal Quantrill to do his part in the first inning of this. I have very little concerns about Jose Urias blanking the Guardians. In their half of the first, a very moderate price at minus 113. So uh, we'll back the under there. And one more uh, as I continue to look at uh, uh, first innings, uh, first inning unders here between Philadelphia and Washington. Now, there's kind of a, a crossfire play on this game for me. I, I am looking at the first inning to be scoreless, although Josiah Gray is the ultimate wild card when it comes to. This particular prop bet. Aaron Nola starts with the Phillies, okay? Uh, and Washington is one of the better first inning scoring teams in the league. They're eighth overall, uh, and they allow a ton of runs in the first inning. They have the fourth highest, um, the fourth highest opposition first inning run scored here. So, you know, this is a over for me here. We're, we're going to play in the first inning um, and and hope that. You know They do their job, but I like the over in the game here as well. It's over 8.5 minus 118. Josiah Gray, his team has gone over this number in six of his last eight starts. Gives up a ton of runs, walks a lot of guys. It has not been a good run for uh, Josiah Gray on the mound. Aaron Nola, very tough to go up against, but hopefully the Phillies do their job here and go over the 8.5, and we look to try to get through the first inning, a little bit scoreless. So it's it, not a I look to get to the first inning scoreless. So it's a little bit of a crossfire uh, on the bet, but that's kind of where I am uh, on this. Philadelphia, again, 17th overall, but bottom 10 on the road in first inning run scored. Uh, Washington, a, a, again, is fourth best in first inning run scored percentage, uh, opponents' first inning run scored percentage in Major League Baseball on the road this year. So, uh, that's basically the baseball slate for today for me. Obviously, there are a lot of games out there. Yankees continue to stay hot. Uh, you're looking at a whole bunch of teams that are, are playing really good baseball and um, the Mets continue to play good baseball as well. and we'll see how the Braves respond uh, from their streak and what they did after 14 consecutive wins. Not the NL East is all of a sudden a, uh, a ball game once again, right? Uh, they, they aren't running away with it, the New York Mets are. So uh, we got a lot more to do here. Coming up next, We'll get to the NFL uh, and where some of these odds are going to be as we hit the dead period now that minicamp is over before we get to training camp. Uh, and we'll speak with Jason Logan of Covers.com next, right here on VSIN. On Point Spread Saturday, you're listening and watching to the Sports Betting Network.
2: This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: This segment of Point Spread Saturday is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine? Have you been looking, hoping, wishing for a more satisfying, discreet, or smoke-free way to experience nicotine satisfaction? Just look for three letters. Z-Y-N. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free, tobacco-free alternative. And they're available in 10 varieties, like spearmint, wintergreen citrus and many more and for your convenience each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you zin's in america's number one nicotine pouch it's available in over a hundred thousand locations nationwide meaning it's never been easier to find your zin so head on over to zin.com find to locate a store near you that's z y n find Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday here on Beeson, Sports Betting Network. Uh, coming up here in a little more than 15 minutes, we'll continue our fun little NFL prop segment. The la- Last weekend we did when will a team lose and the odds on that. And now we'll look at when will a team get their first win. So uh, we'll flip the script a little bit and have some fun. And let's stay with the NFL right now. Joining us from Covers.com, he's a senior NFL analyst. It is Jason Logan joining us here on Point Spread Saturday. Jason, good morning and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having you. me on. Good morning. All right, let's start here overall with, uh, you know, big picture NFL stuff. Uh, as far as teams, you know, we have this this thing happen every year in the NFL, a handful of teams that miss the playoffs uh, the year before end up making the postseason, and you have some playoff teams that are going to regress. So if you had to kind of mark the teams that were playoff teams last year that you are prime for regression, who are you looking at?
3: Um, Tennessee is one team that I do have kind of primed for regression. Titans—they have a win total of nine, a pretty easy stretch in terms of the, the the division in the AFC South, and their their strength of schedule kind of reflects that too. Like twenty-fourth, pretty soft strength of schedule. However, if you if you go to the look ahead lines, all those early bird lines that are out there, they see t- the Titans favored in only seven games. You've got four pick 'em games, so oddsmakers very much on the fence about how this team is going to shake out. And if you kind of split the difference on that, it puts them at nine wins, right, smack dab on that. That season win total um, but what's something I did this week is I looked at kind of QB competition and rated strength of schedule by his QB competition and the Titans actually have one of the tougher uh, schedules versus QBs out there tied for fifth in my QB SOS and uh, a really tough stretch between like week 9 and week 12 they're going to take on guys like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson uh, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow, so kind of a murderer's row of QBs there right in the middle of the season. Um, and then, of course, you know, A.J. Brown is no no, no longer there. Julio Jones is gone. Ryan Tannehill is still, you know, trying to work within that offense, but it's going to have a, a, a bunch of different guys out there. Derrick Henry is maybe that one constant if he stays healthy. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, and it hurts me to say, hurts the fandom in me because I am a Dallas Cowboys man, but the Dallas Cowboys could be another team that regress. Um, Some pretty high hopes here, a win total of 10. Of course, we saw their strength of schedule among the weakest in the NFL and their their QB SOS along that same rating as well, too. However, the Eagles are hot on their heels. Everyone's very high on the Eagles, and we've seen all their futures spike uh, over the offseason. They've got a really, really tough stretch of schedule there between week three and week six in which they play four games in three weeks, and three of those games are on the road. That could be a make or break for this team. Amari Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup's going to miss at least the start of the season, um, so that wide receiver room is a little thin. And then this defense is the biggest reason why I think they regress. This is a team that thrived on turnovers last year, led the NFL with 34 takeaways. That is a tough thing to do game to game. It's tough to do in season to season. It's very tough. And as we saw with Dallas last year, when they didn't get those interceptions, they didn't get those takeaways. They gave up a ton, finished fourth in terms of yards per reception allowed. So uh, the Dallas Cowboys could be a team that drops back a little bit. And that that's going to be a dogfight at the top of the NFC East.
4: Yeah, unfortunately, though, it's just like a two-horse race right now, right? I mean, do we really have any other faith in the commanders? I certainly don't have any faith in the Giants, and I'm a Giants fan. so uh,
3: I, I would but- say who who knows because we haven't seen a repeat winner in that division since the Eagles did it, two, what, I think 2004 or something ridiculous. So, <laughs> who knows? It's it's it could, long it long could long. just completely it's flip been on been its been head. Been- been a hot minute.
4: Uh, all right, let's look at uh, Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns and their futures and any bets you're making. Like right? at this point, are you is it just a complete stay? If you don't already have the ticket in hand, right? It's got to be a complete stay away. You have no idea what the suspension is going to look like at this point. We, we you feel pretty confident that he's going to be suspended by the NFL, yeah. but is there a value ticket you even want to have right now when when it comes to the Cleveland Browns because they are pretty highly touted right now across the board for win totals and everything else
3: yeah i mean in terms of in terms of the odds that are out there, there's a lot of books out there that have pulled down the odds especially in the wake of that new york times report about two weeks ago coming out and i'll tell you the second that that thing hit the newswire what i did is i went out and grabbed carolina plus three and a half Uh, And we saw that line tick down to three and and, uh, the VIG maybe even indicating another move here. So I think, you know, books that have left odds up on the board are kind of padding it a little bit. Uh, But I I wouldn't put any money down on Cleveland right now. On paper, one of the most talented teams in the NFL. And even with Watson missing a year of football, he's still going to come back and be, you know, in that top, you know, two to three tiers of of quarterback play. Uh, But for me, I I, kind of went the other way and started fading them. Yeah, going to be very, very interesting, to say the least, uh,
4: when it comes to the Browns and where they're going. All right, let's look at some of the other big names that have been on the move this offseason. Uh, Start with Devontae Adams, who left Green Bay Mm -hmm. and went to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'm not a Raiders fan, but I backed this team last year to make the postseason, and I was right, and I'll do it again. I love their odds as everybody looks at that division and thinks that they are dead last in it. And I get it. I understand it. But I think Derek Carr is a criminally underrated quarterback. I think he's going to get MVP consideration this year when he has Devontae Adams, uh, the guy throwing the ball to. So look at it from both sides. What will Green Bay look like without Devontae, and what will the Raiders look like with him?
3: All right, so to, I'll start with Green Bay, and I'm going to give credit to, to Aaron Rodgers because we've seen... Okay, wide receivers look really, really good playing alongside Aaron Rodgers. It's the same conversation that we had when Calvin Johnson retired in Detroit. You know, Did he make Matt Stafford? or Did Matt Stafford make him? And as we saw when he retired, Matt Stafford continued to produce at a high level. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to do that. You look at Green Bay, they're set up pretty good, 22nd in strength of schedule. They ranked out 27th in my QB SOS, and Rodgers has kind of the biggest discrepancy versus average quality a QB faced. Uh, they're going to always win that QB battle. Um Looking ahead, they, uh, their look ahead lines project 13 wins while their win total sitting around 11. They've got some rough stretches stretches of schedule, but a pretty weak NFC North. Um, and then the end of the year, they can wrap it up really well. So they have a buy-in week 14, and then they play three of their four final games at home in Lambeau in December and January. And those three visiting teams all happen to come from indoor venues. So I think Green Bay is going to be just fine. As far as the Raiders, I mean, just looking at what that team went through Last year uh, with the whole the the Gruden upheaval and the wide receivers and and everything that went on there and they were still competing to the very, very end. So, I mean, if they can build on that and then you give him a guy um, like Devontae Adams and they already have Waller. And if you can improve that defense at all, that I mean, that team's going to be able to 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 put up some points for sure, especially, you know, getting to play inside in Vegas. Maybe that Vegas flu thing is is legit that rolls over to the NFL. We'll see. Uh, But I mean, it's a very QB rich AFC West. And and I think teams could be trading wins and losses in those in those uh, interdivision matchups.
4: One other player that's been in the news a lot lately, uh, for you know, running his mouth for lack of a better way for, for back of lack of a better way to phrase it, Tyreek Hill, uh who somehow thinks two is better than Patrick Mahomes in some planet. I, I you know, good for him. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh he is on the Dolphins now. How do they benefit and how will the Chiefs, I guess, look different without Tyreek Hill?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he has to say that. I mean, does he believe it? I don't think so. Does anyone believe it? No. But I think yeah. you, you got to say that. You got to get behind your guy, right? And uh, and you got to boost him up. And that's I, I like that. That's a good teammate right there because you're sticking your neck out. Um, as far as what Kansas City does after Tyreek, I mean, he was a guy that just changed the game and had to be accounted for every time he lined up. And even if he was a, just a, a you know a streak route, just to drag some defense with him. He opened up the rest of the field. If you look at Kansas City now, they kind of traded in that speed with Cheetah gone. Now they're looking like a, a a Final Four team here with all these big guys out there. They went and grabbed uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez Scanlon, some big guys. They already have Kelsey, Josh Gordon's still there. They they have a receiving core that's all like six foot one, six foot two, six three, big big guys. And they may not break off those big plays like you saw Tyreek hit those big home run plays, but they're going to beat you up over four quarters. They're going to get those those tough, tough third downs. And then when they get inside the red zone, it's funny because this is the one area in which Kansas City hasn't been that great. They're able to move the ball easily, but when they get inside the red zone the last few years, they haven't been kind of up to the standard of that passing game, and now you've just got guys boxing. oh, you can throw jump balls to them, essentially. Uh, I, I I would like Kansas City to see what their odds are to be the highest-scoring team out there. I think they've got to be at least top three. I haven't seen the, the odds on that one yet, but they a good chance there. And then as, as far as the Dolphins, I mean – uh, he's still a lot to prove with Tua. Practice throws are a lot different than uh, game throws. But uh, like I said, um, Tyreek is a guy that that is has to be accounted accounted for every time he lines up, and he's going to draw double coverage, and it's going to you know it kind of trickles down to the rest of the team. So uh, if you are playing fantasy football, maybe that third or maybe the second or third option for Miami may have a big year because of what Tyreek does. Right. I,
4: I guess so, theoretically speaking. All right. Yeah. Appreciate the time this morning. Jason Logan, com. Thanks, and we'll talk again soon.
3: All right. Thanks for having me on. Happy Father's Day, everyone.
4: Same to you. Same to you. All right. Coming up next, a uh, little fun prop bets in the NFL. When will these teams get their first win? We'll find out next right here on Point Spread Saturday on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Betting The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better all year round check out the betting splits for every game at vcin.com welcome back in to point spread saturday here on vcin the sports betting network and just a quick nod to our betting splits page as i mentioned earlier at the top uh one of the more interesting things about game two of the stanley cup finals tonight uh, is that the money does not match the public opinion the public and the number of tickets that are on Tampa Bay plus one and a half on the puck line uh, is over 65 percent. Yet 60 percent of the money is on the avalanche minus one and a half on the puck line. So uh, you're looking at uh, two sort of contrasting numbers there uh, that don't match up and the money doesn't match the public opinion. So always just a, a telltale sign on which way you go. Follow the money, folks. It usually leads you. Uh, to where you want to go. Welcome back in again to Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zeno. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. All right, let's take a look at uh, the NFL one more time here. and We've been having some fun doing this, and, and I actually kind of enjoy this prop bet if you could find it out there. Last weekend on Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday, we looked at teams and when they would get their first win and the odds that they would get their first win. Well, now we're going to look at some teams – Uh, I'm sorry, when they would take their first loss. Now we're going to look at teams where they're going to take their first win or get their first win. And we'll start with the uh, ever lovable New York jets uh, who open up the season against the Baltimore Ravens. They are a four and a half point dog at home. Now, again, the spread has nothing to do with this It's about when they're actually going to win their first game or, or who will defeat the jets first. And, uh, obviously the Ravens are an odds-on favorite. It's Cleveland next week, the following week, when the Jets will travel to Cleveland at plus six and a half. That may not be a bad bet. Uh, when you're getting plus 425 on the Browns in that spot in week two for the Jets to get their first win, um, you know, that's – I don't think that's terrible because who knows what the Deshaun Watson situation is going to, to be like. Uh, and, it, it, you know, I think generally – um, this is a situation that's so volatile when it comes to Cleveland and that it's hard to predict, but I would have to lean on the fact that Watson is not going to be there. Uh, and oh, by the way, you know, Baker Mayfield's taking the week one snap for the Cleveland Browns who would have thought it, you know, three months ago, but neither here nor there, uh, after the Jets, travel to Cleveland, they come back home for Cincinnati, then they travel to Pittsburgh, (laughs) then they get Miami, at Green Bay, at Denver, New England, Buffalo, and a bye. Like, I don't... If the Jets don't beat the Browns, I I guess the Steelers is the next best option for them. I'm curious to see when when it will be a... uh, when the Jets would get their first win. I'd love to know the odds of that. Finish on 17. That's 35 to 1 might not be a bad play at this point. Uh, and it really kind of depends on how much you trust Zach Wilson. And I don't at this point. The progression from year one to year two for quarterbacks has got to be the biggest leap that they make in their career as far as understanding the NFL and ability to process information. And uh, the, the statistical numbers should jump up wildly in all of the right areas. Interception should go down, completion percentage should go up, yardage should go up, touchdown should go up. If that doesn't happen for Zach Wilson, that's really what you're betting on here. Um I mean it could be oh and eight before they hit the bye week in week nine. Like I don't think that is crazy at all uh for for it to go down that way. So uh what we'll see. Let's look at the uh, Detroit Lions next. Who will defeat the Lions first? Of course, they open up at the Eagles uh, at plus four. Why do I feel like Detroit plus four is a great bet? It, it feels like it is. I'm sorry, it just does. It, it, as we just heard from um, Jason Logan, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding the Eagles. Uh, if there's so much hype surrounding the Eagles, and Detroit was a, what, three, four-win team last year, whatever it was, Um, This feels like a very short number for a team that has expectations, aspirations to win the NFC East. Um, So I think you're getting uh, a a spot here that where the Eagles may get tripped up. They may get tripped up. You'll find out how good they really are. If they are as good as the public may think they're going to be, they should blow out Detroit, but Detroit wasn't really blown out that much last year. They were in a lot of games and I expect them to be in a lot of games this year. Um, You you look at their, their first five games for Detroit plus four plus two and a half at home against Washington. They traveled to Minnesota plus seven home for Seattle, where they're a favorite right now at minus two and then on the road, New England at plus seven. That's a lot of points that they're getting in their in their first five games, uh, all things considered before they hit the bye week. So, uh, it Detroit's a team that I'm going to look to be very favorable when it comes to the spread uh, and one of the better cover teams this year. So we'll we'll, we'll continue to monitor that. But uh, you know, the the Commanders defeating the Lions in Week Two at plus two ninety feels like a good value proposition. Uh, could the Lions start out two and zero? I have two home games against two NFC East teams, which are both beatable. So if you're really feeling frisky and you'd like to go with the Vikings in week three at plus 550, I could co-sign that. Flyer on it. I mean, again, I'm not asking you to put, to put a large amount here. There's a, there's a lot of variance in this prop here that's hard to eliminate, uh, particularly since when you're asking to make it now, you have no idea who's going to be hurt and who's not it through training camp and everything else. So there could be a lot of things that change. In this whole thing, but still, this is a scenario where uh, when I look at Detroit, I know they're going to be competitive. I just don't know if they're going to be good, and there's a difference. Competitive is fair to ask. Good, a whole different conversation. All right, one more here, and we'll go to my uh, my beloved yet embarrassing uh, New York Giants, as they uh, will probably only win six games again this year, if that. But nonetheless, they open up at Tennessee where they are a a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, And who are the Giants going to beat first? They're not going to beat Tennessee. uh, As much as we just heard, again, Jason Logan tell us that there might be some aggression against Tennessee, it's not going to happen for the Giants. Could they beat the Panthers in Week 2? Yes. Um, But remember, this is a Giants team. And just understand this concept here. The Giants, as a team, have not been above five hundred at any point in the last five years. So that means that they've never started out one and zero. They haven't been one and one. They haven't been, you know, two and two. They have been awful to start the season, and if that trend continues you'll see it pretty much show up in, in a variety of different ways. Uh, and they have two fairly beatable opponents in week one and week two when it comes to Tennessee and Carolina. Um, you know, they, they have a chance to beat Chicago. Chicago with with, uh, with Justin Field is not a bad bet either. And again, Bears um, are a team, I think, that has a lot of holes. Uh, and and the team to defeat the Giants first, or who will the Giants defeat first? Rather, you know, I, I think the Bears at plus six fifty is where I would go. When you look at who will the Giants defeat first, I think that that is a a um, a situation where that's probably where I'd put the money. For some reason, Carolina has had the Giants number. I can't always understand it. They've always seemed to struggle with them. But you know the Giants are in a situation where they get three straight home games, um, and you have to believe that they're going to win one of them. But them starting out 0 and three should not surprise anybody, given what they've done in the past uh, and how they've done it, and the fact that Daniel Jones is just likely to struggle. I'm not talking about comfort and spread; I'm talking about winning games. Daniel Jones hasn't won a lot of games, period. It's just the the, the fact of the matter. So. Um, Bears at plus 650 feels really good for who will the Giants defeat first. And that, you know, who will, will the Giants get their first win against is probably where I'd go. If they don't beat the Bears, guess what? Uh, it's on to Jacksonville in week seven. Uh, if they start out 0-6, God, <laughs> it's going to be bad. Uh, that's the fan in me coming out, so let's leave the, uh, the emotional fan in me right where they are. All right, coming up next, let's get back to uh the major league baseball slate today good buddy matt joseph of sports grid and espn richmond's going to join us as we'll look up and down the entire major league baseball slate right here on point spread saturday i'm mark zinno give me a follow on twitter at mark zinno m-a-r-k-z-i-n-o thanks for watching and listening to Sin, the sports betting network
2: This is VSIN, the sports betting network.
0: Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers, insiders and handicappers, insiders and handicappers, insiders and
2: Live on NFL Network, ESPN Two, and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit NFL.com/schedule release to learn more.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere